1: up everybody welcome to a new episode of hardly kayfabe i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by the two boys in the back we've got matt johnson hey yo and johnny townsend
2: you don't know who i am and i don't know why i'm here
1: (laughs) how you doing boys what's going on we're wonderful how are you bud doing good doing good it's like we're on a comeback tour after being out with a an injury Yes, yeah, we've been like, away. Uh, yeah, we I got Samoa like
0: Joe. We got. I was I was gonna go with more like uh, Mr. Kennedy. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, <laughs> where
0: yeah. he was out for a long time, he came back, then he got hurt again, and then. <laughs> and That's then he exactly came back, it, dude. And then we're exactly gonna get fired. It. We're gonna get fired next. Um. So yeah, yeah we're yeah. feeling good, endeavored though. Future endeavor. <laughs> we missed a couple of weeks. Uh,
1: you know, I had some things come up in, in my personal and work schedule. And because the next topic was going to be mine, we said, you know what? We want to wait until we're all able to do it and not just throw something out there. So we are back. And uh, we're ready hard. to jump right into this, man, because like we said, hardly Fave is new and improved in that. What we do on this show is we like to discuss the things that we grew up watching, the things that made us fall in love with wrestling. And with, there's different topics we'll cover, and each of us will take that topic and kind of bring our what we think it should be to it. So, like, there's a theme would be heavyweight titles, and Johnny brought a hardcore championship. This one, what was mine? I don't even remember the theme. I just know what I
0: picked. It was a wrestling event. It was just straight up okay, wrestling. Just event. a
1: straight up a wrestling event. And the yeah. one of the ones I picked was an important one that I thought because this one, we saw a lot of big things happening during a very pivotal moment in wrestling history. So uh, let's jump right into it, boys. Let's get into Survivor Series 1997.
0: Yes, very good, iconic pay-per-view known for um, its final match. We're not just going to talk yeah. about the final match today. There's going to be the bulk of this episode. Um, there's a, you know, surprise to some people, there were other matches on the card.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, a few
1: good, a few really, really good ones, too.
0: A few really good ones, a, f- a few forgettable ones. It was a very yeah. interesting mixed card. Yeah. Um that I'm excited about, but um yes, yeah, so it was held on November 9th, 1997 in Montreal, Quebec, Canada in the Amerson Moisson, uh the Molson Center. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the Moisson Center. Uh 20,593 20,593 people in attendance for this show. Um you know, a, a lot of hype, of course with that main event build up between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, but um, they did, you know, Survivor Series being one of the big four pay-per-views. Yeah. They tried their best to do some uh, interesting tag team matches here.
1: This was the 11th, the 11th in the Survivor Series series. Um, yeah, and you're right. They did, the, they did a lot of interesting tag team matches in this one. The tagline for this Survivor Series was gang rules with a Z because, you know, back in the 90s, you had to throw Z on everything. <laughs>
0: Are you boys? It was. It, boys, yeah. it was yeah. You were very cool if you put a Z on it. Yeah. It
1: was edgy, right? It was like, ooh, you're edgy if you're throwing Z's in there when it should be an ES. Yeah.
0: If you uh, like it, then you should have put a Z on it. If you like it, then you should have put a Z. On it. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. uh
1: There's a lot of stuff that happened in this one, like you said. Aside from the big event at the very end of this. Uh, this pay-per-view. One of the big things that was on the undercard was going to be Stone Cold versus Owen Hart. We'll get into the match later, but the what led up to this was, um, the infamous pile driver that almost ended Stone Cold's career. Owen dropped the pile driver on him. Um, you know, didn't have him in the safest you know hold. And with his head protruding a little too much, jammed his neck, right? Didn't he yeah, bruise some, some desks or
0: something? It was not a uh, very Correct. nice pile driver. He gave him like a Zangief like style yeah. pile driver from Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um Stone Cold talked about it numerous times in the documentary or in his, his the Stone Cold truth, the book and the the video that the 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 the, the live you know TV special that uh you know when you give the tombstone you drop to your knees. Taker did it like that. Uh Kane did it like that, you know. And I mean this is pre-Kane of course, but um Owen's like, "No, nah, I'm going to just sit on it." And it was Yeah, he did a sit down uh, pile Driver. And it wasn't like a safe sit down. Like a you know right. like a Mishinoku driver or something like that. It wasn't very safe. He legit had Stone Cold and then just he jumped. Like he didn't give Austin a chance to mm-hmm. protect himself no. in any sort not um, at all. It was it was bad. It was really, really bad. Right. This is SummerSlam. I think it was at yes, SummerSlam. I believe so, yeah. And they did something where Owen Hart was like talking to the ref and blah, blah, blah. You have to kiss my ass. And and Stone Cold did like one of the worst roll ups ever. <laughs> Yeah, that's cause like it's cause like, he, he couldn't he move. Us. He could have moved. Right, <laughs> like you watch
1: yeah. the replays and he's kind of cr- trying to get to his feet and his hands are just knuckling. Like he's yeah. trying to push himself up and his fingers are just knuckling over. He just yeah. can't can't grip the, you know, can't move his hands correctly. Uh, we also saw Mick Foley. Right, we saw Mick Foley as mankind, but it wasn't like. This was after the character of Dude Love. So we saw we've already known Cactus Jack. We'd seen the evolution of mankind. And then, as we remember, there came out the Dude Love character. And that was when we really took McFoley as McFoley is the man and wrestler. And these are his personas. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There's a
2: lot of first in this show, too. Um, like this, like that match in particular. This is the first official cane match. Correct. Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. And also uh, another person who made their debut in their first official match, uh, Mister Steve Blackman gets his yeah. first uh, match. Oh so. man!
1: Freshly bailed out of jail by uh, what did they say? By Van Vader, Big Van Vader.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Those. Uh, he this didn't have his show, cool entrance
0: theme yet. He didn't have his cool entrance theme yet, though.
2: No. This whole this whole show had some pretty, <laughs> and I'm using this word very loosely, banger uh, promos. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean this oh, is. I don't know what was happening in Montreal, but, uh, man, these people were off their game.
1: <laughs> there was some. Yeah, We'll definitely when we get to the, the matches, because there's one promo where I was like, what? <laughs> it, 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 it almost reached Scott Steiner levels. I was like, yeah, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, let's jump into the card, right? So yes, the sir. first match we had were the Godwins and the New Age Outlaws. So the Godwins, Henry and Phineas, and the New Age Outlaws being Billy Gunn and Road Dog. Up against the headbangers, Masha and Thrasher, against the new Blackjacks. Blackjack. So basically, Bradshaw, Terry, uh, uh, Terry Bradshaw. Come on, man. Um, LB. Wrong show. Uh, what's that?
0: Wrong show. No. Yeah, yeah. JLB and,
1: uh, and Blackjack Wyndham, Barry Wyndham. I was a huge Barry Wyndham fan from back in the day, WCW and NWA days, when he had the long blonde hair and just the black yeah. vest. You know what I mean? Black trunks, just that oh, kind yeah. of. I used to love that dude. So when I saw him on this epi- on, on this match, I was like, "Oh snap! It's Barry Windham!" I just felt like 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 a kid again, just popping for somebody I hadn't seen in a long time.
0: I will say this: as exciting as it was to see them, I hate when they recycle like old tag team. Yeah, I do hate that they try to do this. Um, yeah, not
1: a fan of the blackjack gimmick. Nah.
0: No, I mean obviously you didn't get Bradshaw very far, or Barry Windham for that matter. But um, well, it's still pretty ma- cool to see them in that yeah. sense. And
2: this match, the beginning of this match, will also tell you oh how times have a changed And <laughs> that road dog comes out saying some stuff you will you would not say today no not would at not. all not and at i all. can't remember if it's in the feed for on peacock or not but um the crowd at one point yeah uh chants something that you say also would rhymes say. with
1: maggot right
2: yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah, that and happens. Is a Canadian crayon. I thought they were supposed to be nice, dude. Nope. That
1: also happens during during the uh, during the, the last match when they're out out you know up up when all the refs are surrounding um Brett Michaels and and uh should, I did, did it again, again. man it again. Sean Michaels and <laughs> Brett Hart man my brain's just fried uh Sean Michaels and Brett Hart one of these kids is looking Sean Michaels dead in the eye calling them that over yeah. and over I'm like did he just did that little kid just that was yeah. the attitude era, on? man.
0: It, it this, just, is it no, this is Canada. No, this is
2: pre-attitude. Like attitude's just on the on the verge. The variety. Yeah, that is yeah.
1: totally true. Yeah. Uh, according to WWE, the events of the end of this pay per view is really what kicks off the attitude era. So yeah. that's what they considered to be the attitude, the start of the attitude era. So it makes sense, right? It makes sense that they came out kind of a, a little edgier. For sure. What'd you guys think of this match? This felt like, uh, to me, it was like, okay, this is what you're gonna want to see for your opening match. It was okay. It was acceptable. Um, you know, you're, you're getting just classic JBL stiff stiffness. You know what I mean? In a lot of this, these shots, uh, Yeah,
0: I think it's a, you know, it's an interesting mix. You gotta, you gotta think of the roster at that time. And these were some of the lower card, you know, it, obviously some of the lower card. I, I mean, new age outlaws, I, I wouldn't say that they hit their stride. Yeah. They were kind of getting there. Uh, the headbangers who were like, I don't know. They were, they were pretty cool for the, for their time. Um, you know the Godwins that have been around for a little while, and then of course the new Blackjacks. I think this is like a, as a as an opener for a pay per view. I think this is perfectly acceptable. Now, does do any of these teams hold up like you know some of the great teams of the '80s Survivor Series teams? No, not necessarily. But um, but I think for for an opener, I think this is pretty reasonable. I think this is uh this is a you know from a talent perspective and from the match quality, I, I did like what this opener was.
2: I think I've been spoiled from going back and watching old nitros because they would open a lot of their shows with the cruiserweight match. And a mm, lot of those yeah. are just fun ways to open up a wrestling show, right? Like, even if you don't even know who these guys are, you know, you're going to get, see some cool stuff, see some cool stuff. And that's not just trying to disparage anybody who was in this match. There's some good wrestlers in this. Uh, you know, this is right before Bradshaw joins Farouk. Uh, you know, so, so you're, you're just seeing some stuff on the dawn. Like it's, you're watching some stuff just right before on the verge. Uh, i thought the match was 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 all right i i have a note here and i guess i'm going to bring it up man i understand that survivor series is one of ww f slash E's major pay-per-views that they always try to sell it's one of their main four or whatever you want to call it right i've never ever really gotten into (laughs) really yeah it's just that like i just know that they're just throwing a hodgepodge of teams together and uh, they almost always play to the same
0: formula a lot of the times. They've definitely gone away from it, but yeah. um I don't know. I like I said, I love the eighties and the early nineties teams. You're literally getting you know, you're getting some cool team ups of wrestlers who didn't you normally see each other. The right. old the old style definitely. Um uh, but you are right. When they got in the nineties, it got it got a little wonky. They they were definitely like it was there's the one where it was like Undertaker, like Lex Luger. And a couple people on the team, and, and these are definitely some of the weirder, the, the stranger, more unusual squads that they put. But yeah. um, but yeah, it almost like the, it almost like here they felt obligated to continue the tradition, and they didn't have. Um, I don't think there was a completely, you know, like I said, not a shot at the wrestlers, but there wasn't enough star power in these matches. Yeah,
2: because a lot of these guys were going to be bigger names later. And yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, yeah, exactly. Uh,
2: which is not their fault. So, uh, so this is. Uh, the one thing that I really remember thinking watching this is uh, Billy Gunn becomes a really good wrestler.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he really does. Uh, yes,
2: despite does. despite the moniker he's given here, and uh, despite yeah. what the crowd chants at him, he becomes a really <laughs> good wrestler.
1: Yeah, seriously. Uh, and Road Dog goes on to continue to master the mic. You know what I mean? He's cause he ends up being such a such a master on mic later on. What, goes, a great, uh,
2: what a great singer, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I do have to say about these four on fours is that the one thing I, I noticed throughout each of these was it started to become very predictable in terms of the recipe, the, the formula. Okay. So now this one loses a team. And it, now this one's going to, yeah, that's what now I was that saying. One, yeah. Now this one, and yeah. like you, it, it, I don't think maybe there was one match where it came down to three against one, where you saw more lose on one side than another, but overall yeah. you follow the same back and forth. It's, it's not, There's nothing that's kind of got, it's not a roller coaster. You know what I mean? You kind of know where you're going with this ride. It's almost like Mr. Toad's wild ride. You know where it's going and it's kind of fun at times, but it's nothing that's blowing your mind just yet.
0: No, I agree. I I do have to say my favorite probably Survivor Series matchup were the 03. It was the 03 um, ones. It was Team Angle versus Team Lesnar. it's right when John Cena turned face. Oh, yeah. And then they had the Team Austin versus Team Bischoff one later, and it was incredibly unpredictable. Um, There was some spunk, I think, in those those mid-2000s Survivor Series. I think once the invasion angle more so there was some spunk in the survivor series teams, but, um, but you are right there. There was, I mean, it's an opening, you know, opening match on a card. There might've been a pre, I don't even know. They probably would have told us there was a pre-show, but, um, or some dark matches, but you're opening up a pay-per-view. This is, you know, they, they try to play it safe, but you are right. They, they, the, the, the formula it's, it's, that's the most dangerous thing you could do when, when putting a wrestling card together, they should have probably separated these matchups yeah. Um, and and, and mixed it up a little bit instead of throwing three four on four matches right out of the gate. Yeah, you know, and I don't yeah, and I sure. don't remember to build up to
2: these matches. I, I, uh, yeah, but uh, WWE loves to do when they build on these up that. These guys are going to be on a team, but can they get along? Oh.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah always, always, every time, never
1: fails. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always kind of, there's going to be one member that you're just sh- like, what? Why'd they pick that person? <laughs> yeah, They're never, they're not going to communicate well at all.
2: Or they'll put two people who are feuding on the same team on purpose. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and that- time of thing.
1: And, and that's the thing that can hurt too i feel like because when you have these four on fours there's so many men involved and matt you know this from experience you all have to have specific coordination happening and know how to call on the fly that watching this it felt like those were the matches where you saw a lot of like miscommunication at times a, a yes. few botched spots you know you were just like oh, okay i was in one was i was in a match.
0: survivor series tag match one time um for a show in syracuse and in- um yeah the whole calling of spots it was just hey who's getting out in what order and then oh sorry i broke the fourth wall um yes yeah, so <laughs> who's getting out in what order and, and how is it happening and, and that's really all it was everything else is kind of um formulate there, there weren't like the huge spots were the eliminations that that's that's yeah. what it was there yeah. wasn't a whole lot of um you know everything else in between was just very simplistic but yeah you know at times you, you got a limited time limit um, in some of these matches and this one, it looks like they, they let them go a little bit longer. I think they got like a 15 minute or so time window. And, uh, you know, you can spread some things out, but it also leaves a lot, you know, at least some, some low, very, very low key moments in them. So very, very, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a, it's a fun match to be in. There's no doubt about it. It's a fun match to participate in. But uh, from a fan perspective, not always the best. Not always. the
1: best. When you're looking at these matches and you're seeing what how much time some of these four on fours got, it surprises me knowing what the other what else was on the card at the end of the night and how long they went. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, let's go on to the next match. We had the truth commission, which was the interrogator, the jackal recon and sniper who <laughs> defeated the disciples of apocalypse, eight ball chains, crush and skull. Wow, a lot of
2: these people would be repackaged. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, big time. What did Crush come come back as? I can't remember. I kept looking at him, going, "What else was he
0: known?" Well, as? he was he, he was around before. See, Crush was around in the early nineties. He did was doing Kona Crush, where he was the Hawaiian yeah. dude. Yeah, he had that. Yeah. Then he came back as Demolition Crush.
1: Demolition. That's he was, right.
0: He was the third person of Demolition for a little while, and then he came back as this. He came back as a biker.
1: The disciple. The disciple. <laughs> Again, w- what a what a match, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's something, dude. The interrogator. Okay, Robert. Well, how do you say his name? Robert Melee. Melee. M- Mele? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Let Where did see. this guy come from? What a yeah, monster, Robert
0: Melee. He's is it? That, oh, that's. I remember El Gigante. him. I that's Al Gigante. Is he El Gigante? Yeah, that's the Uh dude who faced Undertaker at WrestleMania 9.
1: Goliath El Gigante. Wow. That's interesting, dude. This was quite, that was, this was one of those matches where. Hold
0: on. No, he's not.
1: Wrong one, huh?
0: Wrong one.
2: I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I just watched this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, he did get some more. They look very, they look very alike, but that, that Giant Gonzalez dude, he kind of, uh, (laughs) <laughs> they kind of bounced him around a little bit, but yeah, uh, very similar, you know, body types, I guess. This
1: match, though, was one of these. And, and I, and I got to be honest, I kind of tuned out here and there because, like, I this was Kurgan. one of these matches. Kurrigan, Kurrigan,
2: yes, Kurrigan. Yeah, and he became a I, I remember him from the oddities. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, right. This is one of these matches where unfortunately I was like, what's going on on Twitter? What's happening on my yeah. Facebook right now?
2: <laughs> oh, man, is there yeah, anything that's, happening on Instagram? Days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Basically. And I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of tuning out. There was nothing at all holding my interest in this match at all, except for Jr and King's commentary. Cause for me, I mean that they're always such a great team together. You know what I mean? The King just has such a, Jerry Lauder has such a way with just, I don't know. He's, he's that weasel you want to punch in the face. He does like, just, just the way. he talks.
0: You know what I mean? Where's he going? Where's he going JR? <laughs> like, He actually is very good on commentary, but
1: that was the only, I mean, that was the most entertaining thing about the match on for me, for me, personally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just heading into this match, even though again, considering the roster at the time, this is, this should, should have been on Sunday night heat. <laughs> this is not pay-per-view. It's worthy so tough,
1: all. dude. Unless, unless all of your big men are super athletic and extremely talented, it's tough to have a whole bunch of big men in the ring and yeah. make it look good. It's just yeah. tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, neither of these teams ever made it very big, right? I mean, I know the disciples of apocalypse were around for about two years mm-hmm. and the most, I, I mean, the most I remember them from back in the day without looking back, is that they had two teams, I think, in the WrestleMania 14 Battle Royal, tag team Battle Royal. And that was about it. But they were around for a while, but they just didn't do anything. Uh, very, very unimpressive, you know, kind of group. And then yeah, the Truth Commission didn't last for uh, a very long time either. So it definitely felt like a throwaway match. Should have been on Sunday Night Heat. You know, and obviously they gave them the lesser time limit. They only went 10 minutes. Uh, so, yeah. Not, not, not impressed. Not impressed with Survivor Series match number two. Yeah.
1: Uh, next match, we had another four-on-four Survivor Series elimination match. Team Canada, the British Bulldog, Doug Furnace, Jim the Anvil, nightheart and Phil Lafon. Which, technically, only one of those guys was from Canada. Right, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, against Team USA, Goldust, Mark Miro. Uh, this is Mark Miro when he's got the uh, the boxing gimmick going on. Oh, Steve Blackman Mark. and Vader. with oh. And they have Sable at ringside. Yeah, let's
2: talk about Vader's promo before this. Uh, he's usually a good promo. Like usually it was off. It felt off to me. It felt very off. And I was kind of meandering. Honestly, Uh, it was almost entering Sid Vicious territory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When Vader's on, man, he's on, but there was a, you know, this, his WWF run was so subpar um, for a lot of reasons, but you know, very, very forgettable in a lot of instances, and yeah, that promo definitely didn't do him any justice. But
2: I will say, he seemed to, despite being one of the biggest guys there, uh, be the one who carried a bulk of the stuff for his team. Yes, yeah, for sure. Time. Time.
1: He, he put in a lot of work in this match. Uh, this match was 17 minutes, not the longest of the 4-on-4s four for the night, but so far the longest from what we had seen, and you're right. He took on a lot of the work here, a, bit, a lot of it due to the fact that every time he tried to tag in Goldust, Goldust played up the fact that he had a uh, his arm in a, in a cast that he didn't yeah. want to really be tagged in, which was great. You know, that's just that's like this also is kind of like that era where Goldust was really coming into his own and really becoming this Gold kind of character. the main
0: eventer at this point in time. You yeah. know, I, I know that. Oh, was this, he right this, by now? I mean, around this time. Yeah, I mean, I know this match placement isn't all that great, but he debuted in 96. He was in feuds with, you know, uh, Razor Ramon ran out of the key oh, Undertaker okay. Mankind like he Goldust was supposed to fail. The Goldust yeah. character was meant to fail and he made it worth it to the point where he still has a job here in late in late 1997 he's doing he's doing pretty well with it. So yep.
2: So as as for the match itself there is uh two moves I want to talk about. Yeah. And they, and they both involve Vader.
1: The first <laughs> one is the forearms of fury.
2: <laughs> the first one really impressed me was British Bulldog lifting Vader up for a vertical suplex. He had him straight up at one, point. holding that it is right. Impressive.
1: He held it for a couple seconds before dropping, dude. And yeah. and Vader got those legs stiff as a board yeah. too,
0: man. Yeah, Vader got a really good, good post. Vader Vader's got a uh, uh, he has a nice post, but yeah, 450 pounds suplex. That's oh. just how strong Davy Boy was. Yeah, impressive, impressive. Yeah, uh, I, I dare say that's even
2: more impressive than like doing a body slam on a guy that big. But oh, yeah, it's more impressive. Like, that's why I was always impressed when like, you know, Goldberg would lift somebody up like the giant or something. Yeah. Uh, the other one was, <laughs> did you guys notice how weird that Vader elbow drop was? I can't remember who it was to, but he elbow dropped like he was at the guy's feet. And yes. He drops his elbow and is yes. kind of into the guy's crotch and stuff.
1: <laughs> yes. Like like it looked it looked totally botched that he got back up and then decided to just do a, a, a splash from the yeah. side. Yeah. It looks so
0: weird. <laughs> it was. It he definitely was. Probably, was. Yeah, he's probably gas. Oh, Very man. unlike Vader. Very unlike he, Vader.
1: Yeah, because he was going hard for a while there, you know, with the and and um he's the one thing the, I
0: yeah, he's definitely like the biggest star, I think, in that well, I wouldn't say that. But he, he probably internationally, now one of the biggest stars, and people are oh, definitely yeah. paying to watch Vader here.
2: Yeah. How, um, do, you, how do you think uh, Blackman did for his very first match?
1: He looked like he it was his first match. Yeah. You know, I, he definitely looked like it.
2: Yeah, but I will say he 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 looked all right. He didn't look terrible.
0: Right. Uh, he looked okay. Uh, but like Ken Shamrock did when he was making you know yeah. when he was starting to convert from MMA to yeah to this. I mean, Steve Black was never like this this high-end very talented pro wrestler mm-hmm. you know he had a cool theme song for a little while but again but um but yeah i, I would say it was all right for a first match he, he i think yeah. he kind of blended in relatively well i think so too and uh they
2: kind of played to whatever strengths he had at that time and he wasn't he didn't overstay his welcome
0: <laughs> no yeah no, yeah, he did yeah. Not. i mean that's a pretty at that time that's a pretty a-list team to to be you know debuting with yeah. uh so to speak Goldust, Mark us mark marrow yeah, shout out Buffalo, New York resident Sable. What up? Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo, New puppies? York. <laughs> the puppies. The uh, puppies. And then you know Vader with, uh, of course, uh, them with Sable. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good yeah. right there. Uh,
1: next match we had. This one was great. Kane against mankind, completely in red lighting.
2: Yeah, this I, re- is-
1: I watched this going, oh. We did red lighting for a full match back then, even like I did, just didn't remember it. Like I remember how much it was horrible when we watched yeah. it with hell in the cell. Remember that? And you're yeah, just, the just Bray Wyatt
0: match. Anything. and it was just uh, as bad back then, but that's what Kane was doing. That's what Kane was doing. That was his shtick. I didn't um, remember that, man. Yeah. He did that for a little while. Then I think they realized that, Hey, this isn't very nice to see on TV. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe even in the, in the crowd as well, which is a shame because this was a good match. Very like, good uh, match, really dude. good match. This
2: really, because this was Kane's official first match, like his actual official first match. And what a guy who's going to make you look good, right? That's yeah. that's Foley's calling card. He'll make you yeah. look
0: great. He's gonna sell for you.
2: Absolutely. And Jr.
1: puts him over. Jr. puts him over as Mick Foley and as yeah. the man who puts his body on the line for everyone. Like, look yeah. at what he's doing for you, people. It's basically what he's saying. And this match is
2: just you can just watch this one match here, and you'll say, holy all these bumps he took in this thing or yeah, even dude. from having the stairs thrown into your face. He just took it right in the face.
1: Oh
0: God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ate it. He, he yeah. definitely ate it. No, I mean, yeah. Mankind's the per- first one. You want to establish Kane as a monster, um, you know, mankind coming off of a, of a pretty big heelish run. Mm-hmm. You know, he's with Paul bearer previously to this, uh, you know, a huge, that's the kind of guy you put, you, you have Kane is to establish himself. Hey, I'm the new monster heel around here. This is my house. And, and of course, Mick Foley being as selfless as ever, you know, I, I'm sure he doesn't have a selfish bone in his body, but he, he knew that, he, hey, I got to put over Kane here and make him look really good, especially after that debut we had a month ago. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, amazing match. Like you said, Johnny, so many moments where you're just like, oof. Because yeah. we know what it's doing to his body. Now, yeah. after the fact, we've heard of everything. We see how he moves now. We know what he's doing. So when he think, when he's throwing that elbow drop from the apron right down to the ground, and you're just seeing his hips and his legs just bash into which the was cu- oh.
2: Which was something he did for his early career a lot, yeah. too, as Cactus yeah. jack, So. Uh, while it was cool to see that move, because it was kind of like the Cactus Jack calling card. Like, I'm with you. He so had I'm a like, little oh, cactus
1: man. come out in the match. Did you notice the bang bang? Yeah, he did yeah. a bang bang at one point, and it was almost like he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm Cactus Jack. I mean, I'm mankind. Hold on." <laughs> <laughs> His head was just getting stopped being foggy. Uh, yeah. That was a, a good of, match.
2: Yeah, other people, if they let a little cactus out, you know, they they can't go back to that state.
0: <laughs>
1: <but>. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, prison time.
0: There's prison time yeah. for that.
1: Uh, but yeah, Kane ends up defeating mankind, and and it's only a nine and a half minute match, but man, is it a banger from beginning to end. So that's something to go back. That's one of these ones that you would definitely want to watch. For this, sure, it, yeah,
0: very good big PR man game. match, which you don't get off. I mean, you don't get often anymore. You don't get very good big man wrestling <clears throat> matches these days. But this one, yeah. this is a good one.
2: Yeah. I'm very biased because uh, I've, as established, I'm a big Foley fan, but I thought this was uh, my this was my favorite match, despite that red. The tent they tried to put over it.
1: Okay. Nice. 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 Uh now we have the fourth four on four Survivor Series elimination match. Your favorite, Matt, Ken Shamrock. I love Ken Shamrock. With Ahmed Johnson fresh off of what was it? His spleen? What was it? What was it that got messed up? His kidney or something got lacerated. Remember oh, that was the, the whole thing? Farouk lacerated his kidney. Yeah. Or his he were having
0: issues and yeah, you know, <laughs> it was more so about like <laughs> Ahmed Johnson, not like Hating the Nation of Domination, yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh,
1: yeah, and they're with the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, and taking on the Nation of Domination, which is consisting of Farouk, Delo Brown, uh, Kama Mustafa, and Rocky Mayavia. And this is Rocky Mayavia. In the trans, like he's now getting into that where he's you're, he's throwing eyebrows. He's he's got a little yeah. bit more attitude and swagger. So, he's not the Rocky Maivia that first shows up with the Nation back in the day,
0: right? Now he's, he's talking he's, to the third person at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's
2: definitely on the verge of stardom. You can tell. Yeah, it. he's
1: about to develop the, the the feud with Stone Cold. Like that's coming. Yeah. That's like right, right on the horizon. But this is him still with Nation of Domination, and they take on Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and Legion of Doom, Johnny. This is the other promo that I said was like, What? Did you get this when Hawk is talking? Because Ken Shamrock's, he's like, Go ahead and tell him, Hawk. He's like, He starts saying all this stuff, right? And then he says something about. Falling into a pool of blood and making you drown in your own pool of like the way he said it was so awkward at the yeah, end there yeah. and I was I like I feel like Whoa? he said
0: a lot of the same words <laughs> in one sentence I was
1: like what's happening there
0: it's not yeah. too then, late alcoholism is real everybody and then he figured out yeah. and
1: then he figured out that didn't make sense let me just do my catchphrase <laughs> yeah. oh, what
0: a rush yeah you know what I mean that's how that's they for, were back yeah. in the day that's how they can save you man yeah really can that's how they were I was just thinking today I'm like. How many like Ric Flair promos have I seen go off the rails? They'll it, start off with just some weird saying, and then it'll eventually end up doing his his little thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Alter Warrior was was a notorious for <laughs> like what did bra what? <laughs> yeah,
1: what did calling upon the gods and the souls of the Eastern Hills. But he made a man.
0: But yeah, Hawk was definitely not uh, the Hawk we all knew and love. Yeah, that was an point.
1: interesting promo. But this match. Um, you know, this is a match that was pretty decent as well. Like I enjoyed watching it. There were some where I was just kind of like, eh, but a lot of the guys in the ring at the time, these are, uh, some of them already well-established. Some of them, like we said, on the verge of exploding. Ken Shamrock, how long is he now in the WWF? How many
0: years is he, he with He debuted at WrestleMania 13 as the special referee. So it was just that past March or April. So, yeah, he- so we've
1: he's on his way up and making his name really here
0: for sure. Yeah. He's paying his dues. He's, he's, he's right. You know, going up the card. I know he had a man. I think he had a match with Vader. I think the year pr- or that summer at one point. Cause I remember there's a big thing where Ken Shamrock was stiffing him and you can hear Vader go lighten up kid. <laughs> and then he does it. And Vader just pops him. What he just pops him. It's it's, it's pretty funny, but yeah, Shamrock's paying his dues. You know, obviously you, you get this hot start. You're a big UFC star and you kind of got to be brought down to earth and work your way back up and yeah. honestly this is from a roster perspective this is one of my this is my favorite uh you know of the card you got a lot of stars here you got Ahmed Johnson yeah. who you know is uh, another one who's really great at promos uh, so <laughs> yeah. he, he's, uh i was just playing wf warzone now uh, a couple of weeks ago and they do the thing where he comes up he does this video i can't understand a word he says um <laughs> but it's you know legion of that that's it's, that's the legion of doom like that yeah. you, you can't it They're are already legends, man. And then already I legends. loved NOD. I love Nation of Domination. I was really yes. sad when it started to break up and unfold, but uh, I knew it was to get the rock over
1: Kama yeah. Kama had to, uh, had to find another lucrative career, man. Yeah. Being, being in the Nation of Domination was enough. He had to get himself some hoes. He
0: did. Yeah. He yeah, totally did. Not too much longer after this too, I think. Right. Right. Not too much longer. And that made him. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that's really what
1: made different. him. Exactly. Um, and then Still Farouk call
2: every
0: time they're in Vegas
1: and then Farouk again is another legend. He'd already been around for a while as you know, Ron Simmons, very well known, uh, you know, wrestler back then. So, you know, you're right, dude, this is a great great match in terms of who's in it and, and the, the potential of what they could put out and they went twenty twenty minutes, 20 minutes, 28 seconds on this one.
0: Yeah. They definitely gave them a, a lengthy time period. Of course, um, you know, all things, considered, this is the, uh, you know, we're, we're getting towards the main event when you're developing a match card, usually that, that two matches for the main event is a, is a long one. It's usually, they usually give them a, a ton of time. Uh, the fact that they got more time than the main event, well, I guess yeah. considering what this main event was, it's
1: even put together the last two matches put together. Don't even equal the time that this one got
0: right no i i i it's 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 kind of crazy
2: which if you think about i mean this match did have star power don't get me wrong yeah but in 1997 the you know the the four men in front of that are to come those
0: guys were mega stars yeah so that's pretty wild for sure yeah you know you get the viscera spot which they consider the match right before the main event Mm -hmm. um you know it's supposed to like bring down the crowd a little bit so they're get excited for the, the the top match but uh but yeah, they gave these, these guys plenty of time to work out. It was the longest match of the card, and and, and deservedly so. Deservedly so. These are very there's your eight very very talented, uh, yeah, you know individuals here who, uh, you know, were were that upper mid, that mid card talent that people love to watch.
1: And they worked it, man. They worked well. They worked that that ring well. Um, really good storytelling. And when towards the end there with Rocky and and Ken Shamrock, and then uh, you know Ken gets them in the in the ankle lock, and that's it. And this is the thing I loved too, man, you know, you do have, and again, I haven't watched wrestling now in almost two years, right? Like current wrestling, but man, back in those days when they sold it, they sold it. Right. They weren't too cool to have a look on their face that looked like they were about to cry. That's how much pain they were in, right? And and right. when Rocky's tapping out, he's like, he's like screaming. He's screaming and tapping. It's like he could not take the
0: pain. You know what I mean? He was probably legit. Knowing Ken Shamrock, he was probably legitimately <laughs> breaking his like, ankle. Stop! Stop it! <laughs> Ring that bell! Please, for the love of God, do it! <laughs> and yeah, I mean Shamrock. I think we get into a few with the Rock not too long after that. I see mm-hmm. title. They actually faced each other at. Uh, WrestleMania 14, about five, six months later. So, um, so yeah, this, this, had a, you had a big setup, I think for Shamrock going forward.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Second to last match. We have stone cold, Steve Austin taking on Owen Hart for the WWF intercontinental championship. Like we said, this was the buildup, uh, the, or the buildup to this was the fact that Owen Hart injured, uh, stone cold, um, shoot. Well, they, he was yeah. legit hurt.
2: They, which they really played to, I mean owen even yeah. had a shirt that said uh, that I broke his yeah. neck yeah that, oh, I, owen 316,
1: about that. I just yeah. broke and, your neck yes.
0: austin deep down, he hated that, yeah he, he like shoot like reading his book he hated that Owen did that he goes, man if he was really sorry about what he did um he you know, passed he, he, he would have yeah. he wouldn't have tried to make money off of it, and you know there's a lot of stuff too like owen I guess never checked up on him like this is a big thing about oh, for austin wow. that yeah, you know, Which it, is so
2: it, weird, right? Because you almost always hear great things about Owen, like right. it's, it's universally loved. Yeah. And so this was just such a weird thing to me. Like I, I, I kind of cringed honestly a little bit, even though yeah. I know he's just trying to be a heel and get the heat. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I I still cringe a little bit. Like my, I mean, this is
0: a real injury where you almost ended a man's career. Yeah. After he told uh, yeah. you not to do something a certain way too, and yeah, yeah, it's very concer- It was a little, it was a little, it was very out of character for Owen. And, um, yeah, I was surprised, but yeah, if you read the stone cold truth, he really breaks down his thoughts and emotions on, on, on all that stuff. And it, it, he did not have good feelings towards Owen Hart unfortunately
1: and he even uses owen uses or the wwf use that like specific moment the footage in the video package for his entrance music like you can see it's like a non-stop back and forth just forward rewind forward rewind
0: over and over you're just like that is like you're taking money out of this dude's pocket you're you're, you're making money (laughs) off of it making more money off of it Yeah. yeah
1: so he you know stone cold comes out and he's stone cold he's the rattlesnake he's got the attitude he's staring everyone down he's He's, uh, you know, he's shouldering the the announcer as he's walking by because it's a it's a Canadian announcer. And there was that one moment where he just goes straight to the crowd and he's like literally yelling at somebody in the crowd. Come on in. He sits and opens up the, the he's, he's pushing open the, the ropes to let the guy like, come on in. Come on. I mean, <laughs> he's just working that crowd. Right. He knows what he's getting, what's going on, because, I mean, it's, it's hometown. It's Montreal. It's Canada. Owens Canadian. You know, everyone's going to love him. Everyone else in the wrestling world looked at him like, look what you did. You almost ended this guy's career. But Canada, they're chanting, break his neck, break his neck. What?
0: Canada's a scary place, my man. I've seen a lot of stuff and things in Canada, um, including very expensive strippers. All right. They're vile over there. All right. Sorry to our Canadian listeners. Even the strippers are vile. Yeah. Dude, they'll break your neck. (laughs) <laughs> they they will. If if you don't pay up, they they break you. I'm not the around here. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Canada scary. But yeah, they were all about I mean, these were legit heroes to them. Mm-hmm. You think about Canadian heroes, you know, you get hockey players, yeah, um, you don't get too many football players, occasional basketball guy, um, baseball, but like the hearts were everything. Yes back then. The hearts were Canada. They were the face of Canada athletics. Royalty. They they, they they named a, a, a hockey like a junior league hockey team or something after Bret Hart. That's how much they worship the Hart family. The Hart, you know, that that whole the whole Hart foundation, all that stuff. They they put them on a pedestal.
1: Yeah. So, um, we opened they, the match. They, they
0: jobbed out Owen Hart in four minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Four <laughs> minutes. We open it with uh Neidhart trying to uh sneak up behind Stone cold and we catch a stunner immediately. Uh, but then we, you know, we go to we get to where Owen gets the upper hand for a bit, and then you're right, it's just boom, boom, boom. We're done. And I remember going, "What? Why do I feel like like my memory told me it was a longer match, and that was much faster than I remember it?" You know, right? What I mean? With that yeah.
0: build up, uh, yeah. I, if anything, if I would, if I was to pick the way this card was laid out, I would have gave it more time. I would have probably put it at two, and then I would have put that that that. Truth Commission versus Disciples of Apocalypse in in its spot right here. Yeah. little viscera spot match. Okay. You know, slowing everybody
1: down. down, Be like, okay, let's get to the next one. Let's get to the next one and get them built up.
0: But that's, I mean, that's a good story. It it could have been to ease Austin back into coming in. Okay. Go out there. Just give us five minutes of your time, whatever. Take it easy. See how you feel. And we'll go from there.
2: And Uh, um, yeah, quick side note on the Peacock uh, slash WWE network, there's a really, it's really short, but it's like a 15 minute documentary uh, on the creation of the Stone Cold Stunner. Highly recommended. It's actually pretty interesting. Oh, nice. Oh, very yeah, good. It tells you who came up with it and all this fun stuff. So, okay.
1: We'll have to check it out. Uh, final match the match of the night, the one everyone was looking forward to the match for the WWF Championship, Shawn Michaels going up against Bret Hart. The build-up to this is they've been feuding for as long as we, you know, we, we know it feels like, yeah. you know, the fact that Shawn Michaels was the heartbreak kid, this brash new generation of kind of in your face wrestling more about flamboyance and theatrics and Brett, uh, Brett Hart being this guy that's like, listen, um, no, it's, it's, it's about being athletic. It's about the science. It's about the, all the flash. You don't need all that. Even though I have a gimmick, you don't need all that. Right. Yeah. Um. So there's this whole buildup for it. We also know that there's this, you know, people aren't happy. There had been rumors that Bret Hart was going to WCW. Then maybe he wasn't going to WCW. So no one knew well, here, what was going yeah, on. Here's the, here's
2: the setup to that. Uh, WCW, this is when they were starting to sign people. Yeah, this was the start of the wars. They
1: wanted Bret Hart
2: pretty bad. So they offered him mm-hmm. a, a crazy contract. Mm-hmm. And so, but Bret want, really wanted to stay because he was loyal. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Vince, and Vince said, "Okay, I'll give you a mil. I think it was like a million dollar contract for a ridiculous amount of years. I can't remember what yeah. the, the length of the years were, but it's, it was long. But then, not too long after that, Vince sits him down and i 'I can't pay you this, so I need you to because this because honestly, this was at a time where the WWE wasn't doing too great financially. No, and uh so he actually told Brett to see if he could still get that deal with WCW. So yeah. that sets that sets all this up. That's real world stuff, right there." Yeah. And behind the scenes, it was well known that Brett and and Sean didn't necessarily see IDI yeah. uh, and that, uh, you know, some of those promos got a little too real, if you know yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. And the idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. That's how it was. That's how it was. Yeah, dude. And yeah. it's sad that people took it that seriously. But it's true. It's,
1: tr- it's true in that also um, the real world thing was that the – everyday wrestling fan was tired of the old caricature gimmicks. Like the fact that we still had the Godwins, like this is the end of the era, right? We don't have like the, the hillbilly guys that come out with the slot buckets and the farm animals, right? Like with hillbilly Jim ahead of them. Like, like this is the end of that era. And now we're starting to go into another era that there are characters, except some of them are edgier and some of them play to blur the lines where you don't know if it's being real or not. So I can see why they say a lot of what we're seeing in the birth of the attitude era was with this pay-per-view because it's almost like you see both of those eras throughout this whole thing in different matches yeah. against each other. And, and, you know, you, you kind of see that back and forth this match, you know, Johnny, you just laid the buildup out. We already, we see what's about to go down. Shawn Michaels comes out first. He's got the, the, the smirk on his face. People are throwing drinks on him and he's yeah. just taking it in stride you know, uh, messing with the Canadian flag. So the, the, original, Michaels-
2: the original plan for the ending of this yeah. was they were going to have uh, some Hart Foundation members run in. Yeah. They were, uh, according to a lot of reports, they were even in guerrilla position ready to go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, the uh, idea was because as you were building this up, the idea was that, you know, he was going to go to WCW. Brett and like the fans didn't know this, but the insiders knew that he's going like he, uh, yeah. Vince told him, go ahead and go do it. And Vince initially wanted him to drop the title here tonight. And Brett Michael said, or Bret Hart, Jesus, I'm going to just keep doing it all night. Bret Hart said, I can't do that. That's my hometown. I can't, I can't drop it there. I'll drop it the next night on Monday night raw. And they're like, no, it's not going to work that way. And he said, no, I want to. Then Vince said, all right, fine. We'll do it that way.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, everybody knows what happens, Yeah, Uh, yeah.
1: but the uh, match is a phenomenal match. Yeah, Uh, It's really
2: good. It's actually more of a brawl than you would think with these. Yeah.
1: Matt and I were talking at
0: all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Matt and I were talking that this was one of these matches where you did have the characters, the flamboyance in the characters, but you also had great physicality in the match. It wasn't just about flips and, and showing off. It was, I mean, you really saw some, some hard hits. You saw some creative storytelling in and out of the ring back and forth and the flow, the ebb and flow of this match, like, cause you could see they were, I mean, again, break that fourth wall. You could see, at certain angles throughout that they're calling things. Right. So yeah. that the ebb and flow, man, these guys told an amazing story, an amazing story all the way up to the screw drop. And then yeah. it happens. Right. And we see it all go down and it's infamous. Everybody who's into this kind of stuff and knows it knows exactly what it looks like. We For know, sure. you know, Brett, Brett Hart jumps up and looks at credulous, and Shawn Michaels looks like he's pissed off and Brett spits in Vince's face. I mean, it's
2: just, it's, it's an it's, incredible spit, by the way.
1: It's chaos.
0: Yeah, it's, that
2: spit is incredible.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. almost comparable, comparable to the the uh, the Seinfeld Loogie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with, with Kramer and uh, yeah, what's <laughs> yeah the, the the Mets player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, all dur-
2: and also all during this, they're filming a documentary with Bret Hart. Yeah, this yeah, this whole time. Uh, so we is,
1: actually get footage of what happens backstage yeah. afterwards, which is great.
2: Yeah. So. um, Here's here's the thing. There are still wrestlers today. I think Scott Hall is like one of them who who yeah. who, who will say that this whole thing is a work. Like everybody yeah. knew it. Everybody was in on it. Yeah. And he points out some reasons that do kind of make sense. Um, Shawn Michaels for the longest time claimed he didn't know about it until recently, until not too right. long ago, where right. he finally admitted it he he knew. He'd right <laughs> to one Brett's rep- face in the locker room right after. Yeah. yeah.
1: Immediately. Yeah. I, I have no the, clue. I have no clue. He,
2: which I don't blame him because I wouldn't want to get punched in the face either. Oh, hell no. Uh, which Vince got. <laughs> which, yes.
1: Knocked uh, him, knocked him out, right? Isn't that the yeah. story? Brett yes. knocked him out.
2: Which you could tell that he had been knocked because when he when you see him again in that documentary, he's he's woozy.
1: Yeah. yeah, He's
2: woozy walking down that hallway. Uh, but the other thing, too, that's really wild to me and behind the scenes of this is when you learn how they came mm. up with this quote-unquote finish, uh, which is something that they claim is a terrible thing because they screw over somebody. But Jim Cornette and uh, who's the other guy? I'm blanking on his name. Is it Kevin uh, Dunn? No, no, no. He was Rousseau. the Vince Russo. Yes. yes. Those two still to this day argue over whose idea
0: it was. Yeah. No. Jim yeah. says that yeah. he accidentally suggested it. He said he, said he looked back at a, an older screwdriver from like the 50s, 40s, something like that, and he brought up the Vince, and then they never said anything about it again but they actually went through with it. They they went through it. They did. He said, uh, he said, Jim said, as soon as you seen Vince McMahon out there, he goes, Oh, got to (laughs) go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting to the car, getting the hell out of here.
1: Because that was a thing, right? Like their fight, it was a normal match and all previous matches had the action spill out across into the crowd. And you didn't see Vince come out. You didn't see Pat Robertson. You didn't see any of these guys come out. Right. Yeah. But for this match, all of a sudden, everybody who's ever Sergeant Slaughter's out there, Vince is out there. It's like, what's what's about to go down?
0: Yeah, it, yeah. it's so. It was so it, very peculiar of them to do that. I you felt really bad for the ref. Oh
1: Hebner! <laughs> oh Hebner! Yeah. Dude, he he lit out right away too. He was like, "Don't blame oh, him." Ring the bell, and then he's like, "Okay, okay, you win. I'm out." <laughs> then
0: he but just takes off. But then, like thirteen years later, when uh, WWE brought. Brett back in for that was it like Monday, January 4th, or something like that. Yeah, TNA signed, uh, T- TNA was doing their big thing to counteract it. And uh, Hebner wore a shirt that said, Yeah, I screwed Brett, like all <laughs> proud about it. I'm like, What the,
1: shit? unless you, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's that's where I love it about the era is when they blur lines and you're like, yeah, okay, is it all a work or or did Vince say, you know, it'd be great. Hebner, you got to wear this shirt. Hebner's like, I really don't want to do that. He's like, no, 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 no. Trust me. It's going to work because let's be honest. Vince McMahon from the beginning has always been the one that had a final say in how everything's going to go. And he's the guy who no matter what, if it if it gets a reaction from the crowd, he's happy. If it gets a reaction, he's happy. If he pisses them off, good. He's happy. He got oh, a reaction. Exactly. If they love him, great. But uh, yeah, I could see him maybe pushing Hebner and Hebner being like, yeah, it's okay, man. I'm your boss. You got to do this. Well, you know? actually,
0: Keep it. Yeah, Hebner was in TNA at this time. He wore this on TNA television. Oh, oh. So, well, wasn't yeah. there a
1: thing with TNA, though, having some sort of
0: uh, yeah, they relationship with Ross, WWF
1: uh, back TNA. in the day?
0: They tried
2: to go live once against WWE, yeah. and it didn't work out very well. No, it was, it
0: was not. Who was good. I thinking? No, what, what was the? ECW used to. ECW That's what it was. It. That's what it was. Yeah, TNA was competing with WWE. They had, uh, this is where they signed Hogan, Foley. Uh, they had, TNA had a, a very old roster <laughs> at it could that be, point in time.
1: It could be also uh, the bookers in TNA saying, like, this is what we need you to do. It'd yeah, be great. go put it you on, know? Hebner. Okay. Start, that, start that controversy and have people watching
0: us. Yep. yep. And nobody did after that. <laughs> <laughs> Switching over the
1: TV. But I agree with you. So let me ask you guys, what do you think? Do you think this was shoot or, or work?
0: I, Based on how Bret Hart changed as a human being after this, it's a, it, I, I believe it to be legit. There are a lot of factors. Like you said, I, I've heard Scott Hall talk about some of them. But, of course, you know wow, they happen to be filming this documentary as this thing's going on mm-hmm. well, how perfect is that that makes it seem a little fishy, but Brett has carried the burden from that to this day. he is it destroyed his marriage because of the way he acted after <laughs> that um he took the like it, it emotionally it just it just destroyed him and he was never the same wrestler i mean he's running w c w is very easily forgettable. Yeah. Uh, aside from Goldberg kicking him in the face, uh, you know, it's very forgettable. But, you know, you, you hear it like Rick Flair has talked about Bret Hart all the time. He, you know, you know, at, even after Owen yeah. died, he made it all about Brett in the Montreal screw job. Nothing like Vince, I think Vince even said, made a comment that he talked with Brett after the uh, you know, at the funeral, and and all Brett did was make it about the screw job. Yeah, I, that, I, I good stuff I, about I, Brett.
2: Early. I will say, I've been watching Nitros, and I'm about to hit the year 2000. That's how many I've watched. Jesus. So I've seen, <laughs> so far, a lot of Bret Hart since he came in. Um, He famously has said many times that WCW just didn't book him well, and that they didn't know what to do with him. Uh, they, I'm trying not to be a WCW homer here, but they just certainly made mistakes. I'm not going to say they didn't but they gave that man a lot of chances. Yeah, they really did. He was all over those nitros. He was in them a lot right now. I'm about to hit the year 2000. He's currently the champion. Uh, so it's not like they weren't trying to do stuff with him and none of it seemed like weird or, or bad or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, he was always near the top of the card. He was always involved with the major stars. So, um, but a lot of times you could tell, um, you know, obviously, the Owen stuff, you can't blame the man for not being into it then. No, of course. But, uh, you know, he just didn't seem to, like, you could tell he didn't seem to want to be there, especially in his promos and stuff. There was no, you know, if you watch, um, Bret Hart was never in a, like, an incredible uh, promo. No. But uh, he always felt like it was, like, it was him. And these just seemed like they had no soul to them in a way. For yeah. sure. And uh, so that's really
0: sad.
1: But like, like his love for the, the, like his love for the sport was broken because yeah. of that. Like yeah. that was the the thing that did it.
0: And like yeah. I said, he's still like this to this day. Um, my friend Vince used to train and, and do shows and and just over in Canada, and they signed they, they brought Bret Hart in, to do an autograph signing and all this stuff. And they said he was miserable and he left at at intermission.
2: They didn't mm-hmm. talk to any seems- of the boys. Uh, and yeah, even though. Um, I think it was a Dark Side of the Ring. He was recently on. No, no, no. It was a. Uh, they did a whole documentary about him on uh, recently, and he seems to be in a happier place. Like he's gotten remarried. He uh, hangs out with his family a lot, and you can tell that he really loves his grandkids and stuff like yeah. that. Which I'm very happy for. But then, like, if anytime he talks about wrestling now, it's it doesn't seem very positive.
0: No, it's it's a very negative thing. It's yeah. it's, it's very sad to see it too, because of how much. That it meant to Brett at one point. I mean, there's an entire family, like family legacy is, yeah, is in yeah. wrestling. Like there's, you know, the Hart family is famous because of pro wrestling and, and nothing else and absolutely yeah. nothing else, you know, and, and that generation, I know there's a couple heart, you know, Natalia and, and, and Davey boy's son and all that stuff still kind of going, but it's just, it's that, that was the last of that generation. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it got is. killed right off. So, yeah.
2: But I'm kind of with Matt. I kind of think that yeah. more people than are admitting did know that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I I have a hard time thinking that Brett would still be able to 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 keep yeah. this going this this many years later. Yeah,
1: even I mean, like you said, if to the to, to the point where it cost him a marriage and like to to yeah. start really affecting his life, I think I think you know. Holding on to Fabe that hardcore is a little much to ask. I couldn't expect yes. that from him. Yeah. So, so I would say, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think this was a shoot. I think he was legit. Couldn't believe he saw what was going on in that moment,
2: especially when you you know uh, that family was very important to him. So, yeah, uh, for him to just throw that away just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, uh, even for to keep Fabe. I just don't think he would do that. So, right, yeah, uh, I think at the very least, Bret Hart didn't know. Would be, would be my true answer yeah
1: well gentlemen 1997 survivor series this is in the books this goes down in history and according to wwe they say this is it this is the moment at the very end of the night where when the Brett a- screwed brit <laughs> the birth of the attitude era is upon us right we yeah. are going to see degeneration x reach levels of degenerate degeneracy that we've never seen before. We're going to see matches that you know. You think to yourself what? This is on TV Uh, but we also because of this, this screw job also births Mr. McMahon. The idea that we now have this this guy that runs a company and and doesn't really care for the, he's going to do what he wants. Right. Right. And he's a villain now.
2: Yeah. And I will say about this particular show, while it had some decent matches on it, I kind of feel that if it wasn't for the screw job, I do not know if people would even be talking about this show. years nope. later. I kind of nope. think it'd be kind that's of, a forgettable.
0: Good po- that's, that's a good point. I mean, considering the rush of the undercard, I mean, who knows how the match would have transpired if everything went through seamlessly, but yeah, you are right. the screw job. Did give this survivor series some oomph, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of forgettable survivor series. And I, I understand why I never really clicked for Johnny. There's a lot of very, very forgettable uh, survivor series, pay-per-views, but Montreal definitely, um, you know, the screw job definitely helps it. Yeah, I'm I, a Royal Rumble guy. Maybe that's my fault. <laughs> oh, I love that's when I start getting back into wrestling. Yeah, I yeah. will say this, however, I hate the Montreal screw job <laughs> because everybody tries to duplicate it now, and like, and they try to make it a work. And yeah. I just, I'm like, really, they did it a year later. Yeah, a year later, yes. right? The it's rocket Mankind. mankind. Yes. Uh, the, 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 they did it at the Mister McMahon. And he he did ring the bell, ring the bell bell. bell. to screw mankind. Really, But you could tell that it was like it was and they've done it dozens of times since then. And all sorts of, you know, all sorts of things. Oh, God, screw job, screw job. And that's that's the one thing that I dislike about the Montreal screw job is that everybody's trying to, you know, capture that magic again. And it's just it. Nobody's buying it.
1: No, no, no. It's like it's like when mankind went off hell in a cell. Right. That was amazing. But then like yeah. every year, Shane McMahon's tried it and everybody's like, yeah, we've seen this. Right. Eh. Yeah. And you know? then people
2: get mad at him for yeah trying to make his landing not as bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't yeah, want yeah. The, I don't want the dude to break in half. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: So, no, I get you. I get you. But there you go, guys. Survivor Series 1997. Like you said, had that not gone down, we may have forgotten about it, but it did. And it kicked off an era that we all grew up. Truly loving. Let's be honest. We loved the attitude era. And that sure was did. for for us. This was what really, really kind of when I think back on wrestling, aside from the early like days when I watched NWA and WCW, the attitude era is what really brings the nostalgia feeling back. You know what I mean? It really does. So I can't wait to get more into the attitude era later, but that was mine. Survivor Series 97. What do we got coming up next?
0: All right, so it is my turn to pick. Um, and I we're doing a wrestler biopic in, in a couple of weeks when we, we come back here for Harley K. Fabe. I have decided to discuss the career of one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He was uh, at one point known as The Model. He's also been oh. known as a bunch of other things. Nice. We are talking the career of Rick Martell on next t- our next episode of Harley Kayfabe, Fabe. always very wanted nice. to talk about him uh you know very very fun career very interesting career uh great great wrestling look and yes. you know one of those guys who uh his wf run was uh, i'm not gonna say it was forgettable but it wasn't very accomplished and you know he was very accomplished in other places so definitely something i want to explore there sweet Sweet, sweet, sweet.
1: All right, before we get out, let's go ahead and promote our other endeavors, guys. Johnny, you want to tell them where to find you?
2: I guess. I feel like we just need to record us so we can just play it here so I to <laughs> keep saying this all the time. Because you got a uh,
1: mouthful now.
2: Yeah. Uh, check out my other podcast. I do one with Matt called Retro Pop, where we discuss uh pop co- pop pup culture, <laughs> pup bunch culture. a bunch yeah, of puppies a bunch of puppies and about, how they live <laughs> <about> <laughs> young dogs is all we talk about <laughs> and how uh, they live yeah pop culture uh and history of things in pop culture check that out uh retro bliss uh is where i talk about old school video games and of course to want to do with chris history creeps where we discuss uh weird strange events that have happened throughout history of us and uh also go to my instagram johnnyism28 Uh, i do cartoons and stuff like that check it out
0: all right sweet sweet sweet. i have a lot so i'm gonna keep it simple as my wrestling trainers used to say keep it simple stupid kiss uh go to our network website i'm gonna leave it at that i have so much going on go to our network website bicvp-radio.com podcast for literally everybody i have way too many to name uh y'all probably already hit stop. As soon as I started talking, you probably stopped the episode. (laughs) As soon as I started talking, go to our website, BICBP-radio.com. We have, I think we're almost at, we got to be over 50 podcasts by now. Nice. Uh, We're growing uh, and, and just getting bigger by the day. So uh, just go support, not only myself, Johnny and Chris's shows, but everybody else. That's a part of our wonderful network.
1: For sure. For sure. For sure. Listen to what Matt said, hit that podcast network because uh, all my other shows are on there as well. So, gentlemen, this was a good time. I'm glad we're back with Harley Kayfabe. Hopefully we're all healthy for the next couple weeks. Yes, sir. And uh, I can't wait to talk about Rick Martell and his little spray. Remember that thing? It was like those old school bucks. Arrogance.
0: Things. It was his, his <laughs> perfume arrogance. It's
1: amazing. Uh, yeah, can't wait. So until next time, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you on the other side of the mat. Until then, we're counting out. <laughs>